Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can help the show financially by going to the Black and Gold website and clicking on either the Amazon.com or Fanatics.com banners to the right before shopping online. Now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show. Orr fights to keep it in. Does. Has it in the corner to Sanderson. Back in front door. Shot. Scores! Bobby Orr! Ray Bork. Scores! Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Whitmore blew it. Bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over the Rossi gets loose, and Bergeron scores. Patrice Bergeron. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for episode 71 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Uh, in partnership with Grandstand Sports Network, the best, best view in sports. Um, welcome back, Court. Welcome back, Rob. How was everybody's week? Hopefully good. Uh, good. Yeah, good other than the Bruins games. Good. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with exactly what Rob just said. I tried to be positive, but, uh, you know, living in Toronto and having to deal with that. Oh. Like last night's game, no big deal, to be totally honest with you. It is what it is. They played well. They just hot goaltender. Well, I don't even say that. We shot the puck at them again, and didn't we took low percentage shots. But losing the other night in Toronto, oh, come on. That hurts so much for someone that lives in Toronto as a Bruins fan. It hurts so much. Yeah, de- definitely feel bad for you, sir. Definitely do. Um, before we get rolling, I just got a, a couple of things that I wanted to mention. Um, number one, I know a lot of you have been reaching out about the um, uh, technical difficulties that I've had on my end. I apologize for that. Hopefully, we get it straightened out this week. I'm going to start paying a little more attention to that. And the other thing was uh, a very highly touted scout in the o- Ontario Hockey League that listens re- regularly kind of called us out on some information that we brought out last week about the games and division games and conference games. And um, we, we just did that on the fly. So I guess there was a lot of um, lot of uh, conversation about this on uh, message boards because a lot of people take for what we say as, as you know, goals. And, and we, we just did it on the fly. We apologize. We'll try to get much better. But um, I'm just going to say, uh, uh, wah, okay? Yeah, I know. Like, I, wah. I know. Yeah, but like, wah. 
I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Sorry. No, I know, but you, you know, know, I just wanted to just go I out, throw it out there, and just I, say, I, listen. I'm the, one, I'm the one who said it. If we're talking about we didn't play a divisional game, that was me who said it. I don't give a shit. It was me. Well, I, 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 I was under the impression we were talking about a conference win. And I, I don't, I, I, I don't want to go. We put, I, I just didn't look at the schedule. It is what it is. Right. It's, it's a mistake. Paid, Everybody has a small mistake. Right. They get paid to do something we don't. We do it for fun. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's all but, I'm gonna say. Um, let's Mess, just message board away. Take the hate on me. <laughs> all right. Um, speaking of hate, um, let's talk about last week's games. Uh, no. Not a. I mean, I, I really got worked up on the Monday game against uh, Minnesota Wild when they came to TD Garden. Um, thought it was a good game. Um, a five to three Bruins win. Start the week off good, but go into um, Wednesday night against the New York Rangers and lose four to two. Uh, I that was the I think that was the game that I picked that they were gonna lose, but then to yeah. go. Then go into Toronto and then come home to finish the week off uh, against another game against Toronto in the back-to-back to go three straight losses is, um, yeah, that's pretty much how I felt. Um, uh, After 16 games, the Bruins are 6-6-4 with 16 points, uh, and they're 5-3-2 at home, 1-3-2 on the road, and 3-3-4 in the last 10 games, and currently third to Look last. At you with the stats, eh? Oof. Oh, I got them all up. NHL.com. <laughs> actually, actually, you know, working for once. But, um, there you go. Uh, the Bruins are currently third to last in the East, uh, Eastern Conference. Uh, still close. Four points away from the Rangers in a wild card. The Thanksgiving holiday or that. You know, where everybody kind of judges, gauges where they're going to be in April. Um, it's coming up. And it, to me right now, from from what I've seen so far this season, I believe that this is going to be, uh, it, it's going to be a 500 team. These guys are going to scratch every, what what they can do to get into a playoff spot or, or possibly not even get there. But it is what it is. I'm coming to, real, I know, as much frustration as I show sometimes I'm coming to realize what this team is all about and hopefully I'm hoping that injuries there are a lot of injuries there are guys that are going to be working their way back Achari already came back and blah 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 so we're going to see some more additions uh, in the next couple of months I understand that but hopefully we can get back to you know a gelling team and so on and try to scrape whatever we can out of this but it all remains to be seen, and I don't know. I just I I'm kind of dumbfounded when it comes to where this team's going and how the. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I I just think it's mainly the injuries. Like you're missing key people. Um, this, like everyone's saying, this is basically other than the top line, it's an AHL team out there. Uh. The defense might not be, but the forward core definitely is. So sure, they, they play the defense played like the last game. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but it's it's just frustrating to watch because you know that it's not the it's not who should be on the ice. So I don't know. It, it's it's hard to listen to some people talk about it when they 
talk so negatively about oh people should not be injured and they shouldn't be doing this and that during the season but it's just what it is it's hockey well yeah it, it's it's really hard to evaluate the team with not a full roster or guys once again playing on different lines but at the same right these kids should be you know not st- i shouldn't say stepping up because that's the wrong word to use but showing a little bit um more like frank Petrano has played very well and after he came back um i still don't understand the whole debrus thing but hey whatever for scored um it's just if we're i know Bolesky's played well but if we're trying to get offense because for some reason we can't score you, you don't take offense out of the line and keep other ones in um i still don't understand i know heinen a lot of people like him but he look lost out there on the power play um he kind of actually made the power play not work um he's a good hockey player but i i don't think he's the ryan spooner on the point power play guy but that's just my opinion um it's tough it really is it's it's tough with this team because you got guys playing on different spots that shouldn't be there guys getting too much minutes but there's not much else we can do you know cassie's working with what he's got in front of him these kids are going to have to learn quick Unfortunately, and we we must be the most injured NHL team out there. One of them, uh, I think uh, the, the Bruins have the highest uh, out of two. I, I looked the other day, and it was uh, it was the Bruins, and I believe Anaheim. I could be yeah, wrong. Anaheim. Uh, yeah, no, Anaheim's getting left, right, and center. They just lost guests left too. So yeah, and Kessler left. and so on. And Kessler, yeah, yeah. Like people are already talking about Anaheim doing a fire sale. It's the beginning of the season. Yeah. Well, speaking of Anaheim, that that's actually the the first game um, uh, this week coming up on Wednesday night when they they you know the the, the first game of a back to back on the California road trip. Uh, it's actually a four game road trip before they come home. But uh, got Anaheim Wednesday, L.A. Kings on Thursday night, and then San Jose on Saturday night. So, question to you, goalie guys: Who do you start on Wednesday? Well, I, I, for for me, I'm just going with Hidobin, uh, just because he's got some familiarity with with that team. He might uh, remember certain players and and their trends. I think that that would be an obvious move, and and definitely, um, as much as Rask isn't playing the best, um, but I also believe that the best is not being played in front of him. And I'm not being an apologist. I know we are RAS fans and so on, but I'm not being an apologist on this one. I believe the better goaltender has to be has to go against the Kings because the Kings are, are pretty much the cat's meow out in the West right now, and they're really tearing True. it up with St. Louis. So that's yeah, just my thought. Only, yeah, the only thing I always think about is if you remember last year, and correct me if I'm wrong, when uh, Lundqvist was down and out and he started playing terrible. If you remember, he even didn't lose his starting job but didn't play for a bit. Um Maybe, just maybe, throw Tuka in against the, the lesser of the team to try and gain some confidence back. Um, because yeah. Hudobin has played decent this year. He's, he's definitely played better than Tuka. Um, unfortunately, he still has that rebound control. But for some reason, the team, they play. They, they cover the rebounds. But when Tuka's in net, maybe they have more confidence. I, I don't know. I can't explain it. Because when I watch the game, I see two different sets of defense out in front of our goaltenders. Oh, that's when, a valid whatever point. Whatever goal he's in. It makes no sense. Hudobin's in, and they're playing close, and they're clearing the man in front of the net. And as you saw last night, 
I was going to lose my mind how many times on the power play JVR or um, I think it was the other guy was Connor Brown just sat in front of Tuca and no one did anything like nothing. If you look at the Leafs goals, JVR scored three of the exact same goals just sitting in front of the net and no one touching them. Now, when Hudobin was in net, we, we were clearing. They still scored that. JVR scored that one goal against him, but it seems that we are we play a different defensive style in front of the goaltender. Maybe I'm just I'm seeing something that it's not there, but it's just something I was picking up on. It made no sense to me. Well, valid points. It just makes no sense. But maybe, just maybe, throw throw Tuka in against Anaheim. They're a depleted team. It should be the one game we win. You know, we are the Boston Bruins. Hashtag. The Boston Bruins, they do what they do. But uh, maybe just give them a confidence builder and throw Hudobin in, who has been playing better against L.A. And and actually, I kind of like that idea. Now that I'm looking at the standings and looking at Anaheim, Anaheim's 5-3-2 and two in their last 10 and 4-4-2 and, four, four and two on the, uh, at home. So they haven't been the – they've been a decent but not great team at home. So that's not really not a bad idea. But then, if you look at the Los Angeles Kings at home, they're five one and two, and six two on the road. So yeah, they're a very good team this year. I mean, players like Dustin Brown have really stepped it up. Must be a contract Maybe, year. Even if I remember last year, and once again, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Hudo? Isn't Hudobin usually not play well against the teams he used to play for? Uh, like, didn't he lose to Carolina last year? Like, uh, and we thought for sure we were going to take that win. I'm mean, actually I, really I not sure about that. I keep thinking. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. You know, um, maybe we'll do on the message boards. Hashtag, we were wrong, and just tell <laughs> tell us what we did wrong, and we'll read it on the next week's show. There you go. There's there's an Absolutely. idea. Absolutely. You guys join into the show. Tell us what we did wrong. We'll admit that our faults, and we'll read them on next week's show. But at the same time, we're just three fans who have full time jobs, and hey, sometimes no, I, things I, get just, crossed. Yeah. I'm just saying. I. I yeah. For some recollection, I remember us talking about it last year when we had a game against Carolina, and we're like, "Oh, this is a should be a win game." Hudobin's going against his former club, and he stunk the joint out. He stunk the joint Wasn't out. Wasn't that when Carolina had lost like five, six in a row or something? Something like that. I'm pretty yeah. sure. And we threw Hudobin in there, and he was terrible. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I just you know don't have the well. He, I believe in his first ten games, he was absolutely brutal last year. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But he's played better than Tuka right now. I'll be the first to say it. Yep. And he's the making things like with the uh, with the Toronto games as well. I saw everyone saying, "Oh, we should beat them um, because uh, Matthews is out." Well, we've got Krejci, Bacchus, like half Sooner. of the teams out. Yeah. I mean, like we should be using that excuse of why we're losing games, not why we should we should be winning against a different team because they have one guy out. Yeah, and, and like, definitely can't use that as an excuse at all for for having one of the better players in the in the in the world out of your lineup. You know, when you look at that lineup and you and you consider the depth of that lineup, that's that's pretty scary. You know, you know, even though that they're, I mean. They are playing well, they are getting better, and they are in a playoffs position right now. But still, you cannot take that for granted at all, just having one guy out. And, you know, it's going to put up a ton of points this year again, as he did last year. But, you know, never, never forget about that. And also, what is with, like, players who are having trouble, like, scoring or on a, like, like pointless streak, all of a sudden they come up against the Bruins and they're, like, the best player on the team. 
<laughs> well, Marner Marner's a, a pretty darn good hockey player. Nylander still choked against us. Um, but uh, but well, it looks like remember, he was double team though. Kadri, will... uh, Nazem Kadri is an underrated underrated player. Oh, yeah. he's a very good hockey player. Yeah. He's one of like the my favorite guys on the Leafs. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but he's good. Did you guys see the hit that Chara put on Nylander? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looked like he didn't see it coming. Hey, it, hey, it's good to see a body check in a hockey game, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and oh. to be fair, good on Boleski for sticking up for Heinen after that hit from Matt Martin as well. Because yeah. that looked like it could have been really nasty. And it wasn't a bad hit, it's just Heinen put his head down to try and avoid the hit. That was Bjork. I saw a lot of people saying it was a really dirty hit, but and, it wasn't. And no, Bjork. Matt Martin's hit wasn't dirty. That was yeah. Anders Bjork, guys. Oh, yes. Anders Bjork, yeah, yeah, that's right. Now he, he he came back out, but a lot of people are saying, like articles wise, are saying that uh, he was a little timid. Who's that, Martin or, or Bjork? Bjork? Oh, okay. Bjork. Well, Martin's a big boy, and and when you go in full speed into him, and, and the way he hit, I mean, his head was like basically in the in the uh, Maple Leafs crest, and and kind of looked kind of awkward, but he did get up, kind of looked around a little bit, and then you know, kind of made me feel a little better, but still, that's got to hurt. Well, to be fair, it took Martin longer to get up than... Yeah, and and Martin Martin went in the fight with Bolesky when he, if you notice, Chara tried to fight him too, and he gave Chara the, I can't go right now. I'm in pain. (laughs) Um, So... There's, there's, there's one thing that, I mean, just getting into the news or more or less discussions that are going on around social media that I kind of uh, picked up on. And I kind of find it ridiculous at this point. Um, but there are Cassidy conversations about how he coaches um, and how his lines are, are produced and the product on the ice. And it's, there's people saying that he's just not the guy for the job. I don't think this is the case. I just think that these players have to get healthy. They have to get chemistry. And to do that, you have to play together a lot more. And the shuffling of the lines can be critical sometimes, and people can jump on that. But I just think it's way too soon to say, let's get rid of them and get another guy in here. It's a bit ridiculous. It is. I, I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything to people that have opinions, but... I mean, you, you had to understand that this was going to happen with a team like this, whether it be one or two rookies in this. In this, We started off with Bjork and, and DeBrusque, and then the injuries happened, and you get five more players up from Providence or, or, or just filling in. This is going to happen. I understand that. And, I, you know, I was the, I, I'll admit, I was freaking out myself because I don't like losing. I'm a diehard fan. I hate losing, and I hate losing – like this, even though they're scratching away and getting points, these points are still as important, and I preach this as they are in in April. So, I just don't think he's he's the guy to really put your pitchforks on. I think it, it, the players have to be more accountable, and like Court said earlier, these rookies they don't have to step up, but they definitely have to play better and play a better role. If the you know because. This is how people gauge your future. This is the same stuff that people were saying about Kokolchev when he got 11 games in the National Hockey League. And it wasn't enough time. It wasn't 11 game straight games. It was three or four call-ups that got him those games. And 
people just said, oh, he's not playing well. He's trash. Let's not let's not go that far with these kids yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this isn't like <clears throat> like we have this problem in English football where a co- like a coach doesn't do well for five games and people are like, oh, get rid of him. And you have like a high turnover of coaches. But this is hockey. Like, let the guy have a few seasons. He's took over a team. It's not like he's created this team this year. So it's it's definitely been a weird ride for him because I'm guessing he was expecting having a lot different lineup this year. So yeah, probably. I, the, I think you just need to weigh it out. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are asking for the lineup that got uh, the best results in the last 18 games of the season last year, and I just came back and tell these guys, you know, these folks that. They were pretty much healthy until they got right down to the playoffs when they lost a lot of those, uh, like McQuaid's and 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 um, Krug. Krug, you know, I mean you, that that happened at the very end of the season. So you got your, the best results out of him last season because he had a pretty damn healthy team. This year, you started off in the bat by losing a couple of players, and then it got progressively worse when you drop more players to injury as you're moving into like further into the season. So. As you know, right now, I, I, I'm not I, even this year. I'm not even going to say that this year again. I don't want to talk the whole Cassidy firing. I just thought I should bring it up, try to you know ease some, ease a little bit on the minds of everybody freaking out. So he's not going anywhere. It, it shouldn't even. We shouldn't even have to ease anybody. That's not even one of the conversations Sweeney's having with upper management. Going, you know what? Maybe we should fire the coach. You know, because we've this is the team we put together. Well. You know, Cassidy was coaching the Providence Bruins last year at this time, and this year he's coaching three lines of it. So it is what it is. Like, I'm so like, come on, people. It is. You know what? I, I don't want to insult people. It, it, it's just he's not going anywhere. It's it's almost bad as the other rumor. Yeah. Actually, Cassidy was with the Bruins last year as an, an assistant coach. Oh, was assistant. The, you're correct. Was the year yeah. before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And another thing that it gets brought up is is trade talks, uh, and 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 this is another thing that I mean I saw um, the Globes Kevin Paul Dupont saying um, on, in one of his tweets that maybe it's time that we start exploring uh, the option and and you know this goes back to the, the the Cassidy and the injury thing is I'd rather wait and see how this team reacts to um, all of this when they get completely healthy and then. Um, you know, evaluate on what you want to do for your future. And, and if you actually want to make a serious run, I mean, at this point, it is before Thanksgiving. Um, and right now, they're in, not in a very good position in the Eastern Conference. So, but with a little more games and, and some healthy bodies coming back, I believe that, you know, that's that's the time that you should evaluate and um, and explore an option. But I just don't see him making a serious move this year to to go further in the postseason than they did last season. So, I mean, why give up a ton of value in assets for something that's not going to happen? Let's not trade just for the sake of trading. And not even that. To do a trade, and I, I'll harp on this as I always do, um, cap. It, 
you really can't. The two people that would need to be moved to bring in anything, unless you're getting an expiring deal or bringing in young pieces, and you know how many teams besides the Bruins will trade young pieces. Um, yeah, and that was a shot. Uh, <laughs> they're the two biggest contracts you that you could move, that you can't move, that you need off your cap, because right now we don't have the space we have, and we also have things that are in the future that we need the space for. Um, you know, after Carlos play last game, he might not cost as much, but McAvoy is still going to cost a lot of money. Right. Um, yeah, a hell of a lot of money. It's just, it, these trades aren't going to happen right now. It's, it's, they're just not logical. Even, you know, a lot of people want to do Shane and, you know, he, he's looking decent in Ottawa. He hasn't got any points, but he's still looking decent. But we couldn't bring in that money. It wouldn't have worked for us. There was no room for it. You would literally have to trade. Um, the only person that any team would be willing to have, and they'd laugh at us as we did trade him, would be Pasternak. Well, there's there's two players you can move this year. Uh, both have expiring deals, and that's Ryan Spooner and Anton Hudobin. So the more wins Hudobin racks up, the better his price will be at yep. dead bottom day. Um, and then the thing with Spooner is he's been out injured, so you're not going to get too much for him. Uh, I don't think any other team sees him as a second-line centre anymore. Uh, his point production isn't a second-line centre. Uh, um, he he put on the extra muscle this year, looks more like a, a third-line centre than anything. Um, but they're, they're the two contracts that probably will be moved. Now, how much? This year. What is that? In a total of $20 <clears throat> that we'd even free yeah. up in the first place? So... Yeah. It's, it's not doing you much. And the last thing you want to do is be uh, stuck on the cap. Like you don't want to go into possibly a playoff spot. I say possibly, but possibly a playoff spot with uh, no cap space. No, but hopefully they, they trade those two guys for younger or younger players or picks. And to be honest, I'm hoping it's younger players. Don't scare them. Don't scare the fan base. There, uh, I, I saw comments today saying I'm, I'm tired of this uh, youth youth movement and rebuild. I was like, it's been two years. Yeah, it's not even been two years. It's been one year really, because this is the first year of the youth movement. There's, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, there was there was not really that much youth last season, so I'd, I'd say it's been what two months of the youth movement, and everyone's sick of it already. Well, yeah. Get ready because like there's like two, three more years of this movement to go. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And, and another comment I saw on Twitter was uh, the Bruins made a huge mistake passing up on Yarmir Yager. <laughs> oh, I, I thought they did. I thought that was pretty comical because uh, he's only played two, I believe, two or three games for the, and I could be wrong on that, but I know he played and then he was injured for a little while, so. Yeah. Hey, did you guys see Kevin Paul speaking when you talked about the writer? Did you see his little Twitter war today with the uh, guy from Sportsnet? No. I did not. Check it out later. Oh, I will. It's pretty good. I... Uh, a, a, a reporter from Sportsnet, Toronto, and him went back and forth all day today. Well, all, all morning, sorry. I shouldn't say all day. Oh, it's boy. Pretty good. I got to check that out when I have my dinner later. I'm not going to say who was right or who was wrong. It was just it was pretty good. No, yeah, we'll just uh, leave it up for ourselves to make the judge of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, uh, you know what? Why don't we touch on this for a little while? Because I, I, I think uh, Jesse will love this if he's listening. Um, how do you guys think about that 
that uh, Duchesne trade, and was it was it good? Uh, I, I know teams like um, Nashville made out with Kyle Terrace. Oh, Nashville made Colorado out. Colorado got just made the best got the cool. best hole out of that that they could. Yeah, have you yeah, seen that good. Samuel Girard play? Oh, he's amazing guy from Nashville. He's absolutely Holy, amazing. Like, I saw, yeah, I saw him on the power play uh, for Colorado in his first game. And everyone was saying, "Oh, well, he holds the puck way too long." I was like, "No, like you, he when he moves, he makes like another guy come towards him, so he gets double teamed, and then opens up a a lot of free space for one of the scorers." He's amazing to watch. I I actually, if you remember, remember we did the um, the draft, our draft picks last season or the year before. Yeah. I actually had him in my top three. I had uh, Gerard, I had McAvoy, and I also had Dante Favaro. And, yeah. I, and I saw Gerard play a couple times, and I want to say, I don't have the information in front of me, so, you know, send us an email if I'm wrong. But hey, I want to say... That's what we got that for, right? They can yeah. tell us what we're wrong. I want to say that it was uh, the Shewinigan team that he played for, and don't quote me on that, but uh, I saw a bunch of... when the. When Lazan and and those guys up in the queue were playing uh, those teams, I was like, "Wow, this this defenseman is just—he's got great mobility, he's got great vision, good size." Um, and I, I actually I was really surprised that that he was moved uh, because of the fact is that um, he he's an up and coming player, and I actually thought that a player like Ryan Ellis would be now more available uh, uh, from Nashville. With a kid like Gerard, so but obviously you know he was he was a key member in, in that trade uh, as uh, Joe Sakic tried to build that Colorado Avalanche team up a little bit more. But uh, he's trying to build it from the what the back end, just like Sweeney's doing. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. in, in these days, it's, it's a fact. It is a fact that you have to build a team from your goaltender out. I mean, it's 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 all I've seen. It's all I've read for the past five or six years now so you know it does come to fruition but well that's why i think i think nashville kind of as for now for the colorado it's it remains to be seen saying they won the deal when we don't really know yet yeah like the kids look good but they haven't played a game a lot of them um but nashville now having kyle turris and ryan johansson and they got tourists for nothing he was like a throw-in yeah, throw in. They like they walked into that deal and they were like, "Oh, thank you, thank you very much." Yeah, definitely look for um for Nashville to make another big splash this season. You know, I mean, I I don't think they're going to come into uh, the playoffs this year as the eight seed. I don't believe that at all. I believe that they're going to be a lot better than that. And as of right yeah. now, um, they are in third in the uh, Central Conference. I mean, Central Division. So, right behind surprising Winnipeg. Um, we got to touch on Pasternak. Uh, this is another one that just blows my mind. The conversation that that um, are out there and the on the good well, old social well, media. Give, give credit where credit's due. I love you, Jesse. But wow. <laughs> no, I, it, see what happened. Actually, I shouldn't say that. His his tweet got blown out. He was saying that Pasternak needed to be better at his two way game, and then everybody just took it took it a little too far. Yeah, I mean, which I, he does need to be better at his two way game. Absolutely, absolutely. A blind guy could see that, but mm-hmm. let's not get crazy enough now to sit down one of your better goal scorers this season and have him watch from the ninth floor. 
players like that yeah. are reserved for for the Bleskies. They're reserved for the Vetranos because they're not they're not producing. Vetrano, yes, he did score a goal uh, or two. I'm not sure, but you know that's one. Yeah. Oh no, he's, no, he's got he's got he's two got two now. since he come back. Yeah. Yeah, I think he got yeah, credited the other night with one. No, he he, he, no, he he's, got he's that got one two. that he shot as soon as he got into the into the offensive zone oh, okay. from the wall. He took a slap shot from the wall and it went past the goaltender. Yeah, but it was a. It's not it, it's not the right idea to sit him, uh, you know. Um, it, these things are going to happen. He's twenty something years old. He's just coming into his own. He's going to get better. He's going to get better defensively too, you know. It just it just takes time. Players that come into this league are not all there. They're not the the Sidney Crosby's that are absolutely ready to go. And even Sidney Crosby had some t- trying times when he first came into the league. So. It's just an adjustment period. People just need to relax. But I'm not, I'm going to be honest. I think a guy that maybe, unfortunately, deserves deserves a uh, maybe a view from the ninth floor just for one game to get his head straight after Carlo. last night. Carlo. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like he just well, the- after his bad penalty. After first he made the bad pass. He also was you know he didn't beat out the icing against Toronto. Like everybody kept talking about not clearing the puck out. Well, there was three other guys that didn't clear the puck out either, but Carlo lost a foot race to JVR for the icing. If they ice and the Leafs ice the puck and then he lost the foot race, the icing gets called. That game's over. Unfortunately, Carlo doesn't beat him to the puck. Nonchalantly goes in. JVR beats him to the puck and the rest is history. And then the next game makes the bad pass. He he technically, you know, assisted on two goals last night. It was, he had a bad game. Like I, I've been a big Carlo supporter, and I watched that game. I was like, "You're the worst defenseman on the ice." Yeah, and 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 it, you could definitely tell that he was frustrated because his interview, he he put the blame on himself, and, he and that that really, yeah, he's he's been making some mistakes. We'll give him that. It happens, but to own up to it like that in front of a a, a locker room full of media that took a lot. It's amazing. That took a yeah, lot, and, and and yeah, and more people should be doing that. More players should be doing that, and because when it comes down to it, you look at all these games that this team has played so far. I'm not going to point fingers. I'm not going to say this guy, that guy, and this guy. I'm going to say the whole team that includes um, Cassidy. Includes Kevin Dean, includes Pandolfo, includes Sacco behind the bench. That whole bench can be blamed for everything that's going on this season. So, and to have a player come out and just say, listen, it was on me for two of them or three of them, whatever. I was out of position. I wasn't playing right. Kudos to him. Yeah. Yeah, it but just also... it, it took the wind out of everybody's sails because right away, obviously, like, it I, doesn't matter what goalie's in the net, Marner's goal. Whew, like, yeah, ding right going off. in. Yeah, it's going in, and 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 we all know Tuka's confidence isn't where it is should be, and the first goal going in on him again, he's just like, here we go again, right? And and Tuka is all about confidence. He's a hothead, right? Yeah. So that happening right away, I was like, oh god. He's a salty kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so are so are some of the fans. Yeah, right. Um, I'm a kosher salt guy, so. Can I just go back to the point that you said about uh, DeBrus sitting? I actually thought that was a good thing. Some of the kids do need to sit and get a view from the top 
and see but what. Though? I thought. Yeah, but see what the game plan is. See see where yeah. players go and everything. He's gonna get some type of learning experience from that. It's not just oh he's he's not playing good enough. You need to sit him. Like he's he's learning from watching up there. He's not just gonna be like in the training room backstage. So well, I'm not I, thinking I, that. I just thought if yeah. anybody who needed to be taught, it was Bjork. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it it probably will be next time. Like next time they have a bad game, it'll probably be a different person who sits, and until they start to figure out where they're at and which they've also got to be looking at which guys they want to keep up once the guys come back from injury. Yeah. Because there's going to be a lot of people going down. So yeah, seriously. Yeah, as 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 much as it's been frustrating these these sixteen games, um, it's still an evaluation for people, uh, and the coaching staff to definitely when guys come back, uh, who's staying up, who's going down, you know, who deserves it, who's gonna be, you know, who's working one hundred and ten percent to make sure that they stay in the and and have a permanent spot in the National Hockey League. It's it's all up to them. I'm wondering, I'm wondering how many guys are gonna have to clear waivers as well. Well, Seriously, a lot eh? of them are going to play a lot of games, so yeah. it's going to be a tough one. Well, Debrusk, Heinen, and a few more. If they're under entry level contracts, they they are exempt. Um, <coughs> but a player like uh, Frank Fatrano, if he goes yeah. down, he's going to have to be, um, he's going to have to go through the the waiver process and. Hate you know I hate to see him, you know he's not doing very well this year. I mean he has been playing a lot better lately since. And you know what's funny is speaking of sitting down, have you guys noticed since he's been sat down uh, twice this season that his game is evaluated just a little bit? Yeah, no, he's he's he has gotten a lot better. Yeah, and, a lot and, better. Like his defensive side of his game. Yeah, and even the gritty about, side. What about uh, Jordan Swartz though? Because I'm pretty sure he'll have to clear. Yes, I believe so because he's People on a two-way really deal. Like him, I really like him. I think he's played probably the best out of some of the guys that have come up from Providence. I really liked his game. Maybe I'm not paying attention properly. I thought he's been playing pretty I, good. I know he's been playing yeah. decent down in Providence uh, um, earlier this season, and I know he had a really good year last year. He was, uh, I believe, in the top three, or top five in uh, in point production. So. Um, I, I, I think you know. I think he's playing a decent role. I think he's. I, I read an article from Joe Haggerty the other day, either this morning or yesterday, about um, you know he he needs to play like this to to solidify a job in the in the NHL. Not only for the Bruins, but um, you know if if he goes free agent, uh, he's auditioning for every scout out there and in, in, in the thirty teams that are that are currently looking at him to make. Uh, roster additions uh, next season or in, during the off season, so or waiver decisions as well. Right. Yeah. If absolutely. He gets picked up by another NHL team, he'll stay did on the roster. We, we didn't draft him originally, did we? No, he no. was he was a free agent signing uh, originally. Uh, last season, he was um, just a free uh, um, an American Hockey League contract, which means that you do not have the uh, availability to go up to the NHL. You have to be okay. si- before before that has to happen, he has to sign at least a two-way NHL contract. So yeah. this year, 
over the summer. That's what they, that's what they did. Is they signed him to an NHL two way so he can come up, but and still you know go go down if he makes it through the waiver process. Um. So we did touch on Vetrano, and um, I, I want to hit on Bolesky a little bit more. Um, guy's not putting the puck in the net. He's not getting any nope. points, but. There's there's something to his game this season that he's showing in other years on this Bruins team that I didn't think he was so aggressive at. Yes, in the past he has been aggressive as in sticking up for his teammates, but this year I'm just kind of thinking that this is his kind of time to show that aggressiveness and try to stay with this Bruins team. It, it, It is... Is that the right way to do things? Is is showing your toughness and showing that you care the right thing to do, or during a slump like he's going through, or is it something that? It's a, is it a personal thing? He's trying, like he's giving a hundred percent effort. When we talk about guys not giving effort and looking like they're lackadaisical out there, he's trying to put the puck in the net. He's creating chances. It's unfortunately just not going in for him. Like I feel terrible for him for the effect of how many times he's putting that effort in nothing's coming from it um but he's also the only guy that's pushing people in the corner like we not having great and Bacchus, you're seeing how much you miss those type of role players and what they bring to the table um we don't have Krejci for the second power play which is non-existent our power play um we don't have Bacchus pushing guys in front of the net um playing in the corner but Bolesky is doing that He's bringing that type of hockey to the game. It's just unfortunate. It's just the one line, and we don't have anybody else doing it. Otherwise, people just own the front of our net. It's pretty. It's pretty sad. I think he's just because he's playing on the fourth line or the third line. Is starting to play that type of game. Like, I don't think he needs to put up the numbers as much. I think he needs to be that type of guy that's people are looking out for on the ice keeping their head up for because you got to remember in, intimidation's a factor if a guy's throwing his body around recklessly all game then you're gonna have to keep your head up every time he's on the ice you don't know if you're gonna get plowed so it, it's i think he's playing a good game i really do but the the point production's just not there like you said uh, and but last night he had a really good chance in front of the net where there was about three people scrambling for the puck, and he just got a stick on it. But unfortunately, every goaltender we come up against just keeps the pads down, and nothing trickles past. Yeah, um, I, I definitely. I, like, I think oops, honestly, sorry. I'd sorry. I'd honestly, I'd stick him on the first power play unit with your best players, and just get him them points. Watch if that ever happened, Twitter would lose their mind. <laughs> Yeah, but can you, like, we've seen it before with Carl Soderberg when he went through a pointless streak. He was put on the first power play unit and got Conley. a tapping goal. Conley. Yeah, Conley the same. There's been players before where they've, they've used that tactic, put them out there with the best defensive players and just tried to use them in front of the net. Yeah, you, I sometimes mean, sometimes it works. You could definitely create a spark that way, Rob. There's no doubt about it, what you're saying, but... Um, and, and then you add the things that he has been doing positive. And for me, the positive thing is crashing the net. 
We need more of yeah. what he's doing right now, and that's getting in the face of the goaltender, getting through those defensemen and battling right to the, right to the end of the, when the whistle's blown. So and and then he's taking some hits uh, for doing that, and and I appreciate that. But like like you said, the the point production definitely needs to be uh, addressed uh, um, personally for himself, and you know hopefully it comes out. I. I I like the player. I've always backed him. I've always said that he was going to be a great Bruin when he was playing in Norfolk uh, in the American Hockey League. But uh, now that he's got his opportunity to be that Bruin, I, I really haven't seen much of it. But um, no, hopefully it turns around for him. Uh, and we got to talk. I, I, I think we touched on it, but I'm really not sure. But I, what do you guys think about Jake DeBrusque's game? Um, and what he adds, what kind of value he adds. Uh, there's a, there's a, a listener that wanted me to touch on this and I promised her that I would. Um, I like, I like what he's doing. Uh, he is young. He's moving the puck well. Um, and he does get into those dirty areas, which is, is he almost lost his ear because of how aggressive he is. Yeah. I mean, his head bashed up against that, that, that goaltender's uh, mask and, um, uh, got six stitches, I believe on the bench. Did not leave, stayed on the bench, got six stitches, and um, I believe missed two shifts. So the kid's got heart. And there's no doubt about it. And his father, Louis DeBrus, had heart. And he was a he was a tough guy that played for the Edmonton Oilers and the uh, uh, Arizona Coyotes back in the day. So um, he's got good pedigree. I, I, I just like his overall skill level. And I, I just think it's just way too early in his career to – harp on him uh the kid's still learning but I, I i think he's got total he's got really good attributes and um that could definitely be a huge part of this team moving forward but it's just going to take some time and and sitting him sitting him is is not the best thing but you know it, it's going to happen like we mentioned a little while ago this could probably be an evolving ninth floor elevator ride you know i mean heinian could probably get some more time up there and and you know, um, Anders Bjork, like he, like uh, Rob mentioned or, or Court mentioned. Um, so I don't see him being the type of player that is going to go down. I think he's going to stick with the team for the remainder of the season. Um, but I think that others, um, yeah, you know, their play needs to be addressed. Whether it be a call up for one game and then you sit and give somebody else an opportunity. So remains to be seen what happens there. I definitely think he's uh, going to be part of the future of this franchise and uh, be either a, 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 a first line or second line winger. Um, yeah. He's got. He, I really like the game he brings. He's fast. He's, he's you know he's just a rookie. You know, not every rookie can come in and shoot the lights out. Um, yeah. Some guys have to learn. Yes, it is what it is. But the, the kid, he deserves to be here, um, and he plays well enough to be here, which is. You know, and did you hear him squawking about being on the fourth line? No, no, I'm not at all. Already. Not at all. Um, well, I, I, I think honestly, he was really happy that he became a Bruin. Like you see his face when he talks to the media and everything. He's so happy about being here and being like his type of play fits in exactly with what the Bruins want. Uh, I and from what it looks like, Krejci and Pasternak love having him on the wing as well so mm-hmm. that that could be the line going forward because i hope so 
they are we've the seen other it two once, guys right? are key. Yeah. I think so someone put a stat out during the game on Twitter that uh we played one game with the whole team this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think um if I'm not mistaken, that was that Bruin stats, the Twitter yeah. account? Yeah, I think so. He said that we played him or her, I, I don't know who runs it. Uh, right. We've had one game. They do a great job, whoever mm-hmm. it is. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I think I think the kid is real good. Um, and maybe, hey, you know what? Cassidy knows these young kids. Maybe absolutely. he made the right call. Maybe DeBrusque is the guy that it's going to light a fire in his ass. Maybe he knew if he sat Anders Bjork that, you know, he'd just look at it as he got sat. But DeBrusque has got the passion that he gets sat, he's going to go out there and play better. And one thing I loved about DeBrusque when he got drafted uh, is 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 the thrill of of being a Bruin from day one, and his adjustment to like a development camp um, before going back to uh, his junior team, and then the second year of development camp was was his ability to 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 like nurture younger players that uh, are making their first appearance at camp, and he was like. Like the the older brother, you know what I mean. He was like the the leader and so on. I've been here. This is what they expect. This is how we do. You know what I mean. So it, it was it was good to see something like that in person with my own eyes. How close he became, and like last year, I'm, I'm sorry, this year in uh, in July, he was really close with Cedric Parry, and and outside of the uh, Warrior Ice Arena in in um, Brighton, Mass. Um, you could see that he was very close to Cedric Pare and, and many many Bergeron. Yeah, exactly. And also Zach Senishin was a part of that too. So um, you know, I got to I got to say hello to all three of those guys and they were really, really cool. And I, I just wanted to say hi and uh, you know, wish them the best of seasons no matter where they go. And that was it. I wasn't I'm not the kind of guy that breaks out the Sharpies and, and starts drooling. You know what I mean? I just wanted to go over, shake the hands and say, Best of luck. So try to be as professional as possible, you know what I mean? Um got we gotta talk about this and then I, 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 I wanna hear about your day court. If you if you can uh, no, no. Oh uh, talk about you no. Know. Oh you could you can't do that? Uh, no man. All right, man. That's um not happening. All right, I was I was just really curious because that's just a really I, really cool I'll, thing. So if the people want to know, yeah, I had it. I went out today with my dad and uh, um, a, someone he used to play with. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, all right. I'm I, I'm sorry. Am I under the wrong impression that did you go to the Hall of Fame luncheon? No, no, I did not. Oh, oh, I was I'm... at the. I was, no, but that just happened to be the, the reason the guy was in town. So. Oh, okay. I, I totally apologize. I thought you What's were going to be at the luncheon. No, 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 no. I was. I um, this person was signing at the uh, the hockey card expo here in Toronto. Yeah. And uh, and the, he play he plays in the alumni game today. So. Okay. All right. Well, the alumni game is the alumni game. No, I went to the Mario Lemieux event um, for the NHLPA a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, well, speaking of Hall of Fame, I just want to get your, your opinions and, and, and hopefully uh, <laughs> good ones and, and explicit ones. Well, not, not non-explicit, but um, uh, what do you guys think about Jeremy Jacobs getting the call to the Hall as a builder? <laughs> uh, to be fair, I think he's done a lot more work than we know about. I think he's probably done a lot. A lot of good for the sport. He has. But he's he's one of 
Yeah, he's one of them guys that everyone hates him, but in the background, I guarantee he's a really stand-up guy. Yeah. Like, I know the whole money situation and blah, 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 but I guarantee in real life he's done more for this sport than a lot of people could have. So... And that's what the builder's role is all about. So it's unfortunate how people feel about him. But I'm going to agree with Rob. He he has done a lot for the game. He's the reason we had a strike. He's the reason we have a cap. And he's the reason we have expansion, technically, him and Gary Bettman. Because if he didn't fight for it, the, the salary would have got out of hand and we would have lost teams. Because yeah. teams wouldn't have been able to, to be here. And, and so he, in, in in fact, like when I went to the Mario Lemieux thing, it was kind of funny. Um how nice people were to Gary Bettman, former players, and they thanked him because he, all these guys are doing is bringing more jobs to the NHLPA. Yes. And, and one thing for me about Jeremy Jacobs is, is uh, before the salary cap, you know, if, if, if we didn't have a salary cap, you'd have teams that, uh, you know, like Jeff Molson, who owns the Montreal Canadiens, you know, stacking stacking teams like they used to before the um, uh, the 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 draft, which they were going out and buying leagues and 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 you know taking players because they wanted one guy, but they'd buy a whole league to do it. Um, you know, this is something that uh, you know, like the if if there wasn't a salary cap, the you know the Montreal Canadiens could probably be winning like thirty or forty cups by now, and. Now it's more evened out. I mean, you still have teams like the Florida Panthers. You have the Arizona Coyotes, and you have others, that, you know, low market teams. But you have a low, and you have a high cap. And and without members of the ownership uh, in this league, like Jeremy Jacobs, um, you, you, you like Court said, you won't have a lot of these teams sticking around because they can't do it. They can't compete with that type of money. So having the high and low is important to uh, for sustainability of the league in the future. So there are good things that he's done. I, you know, the, the stuff that I think it was last year or over the summer, um, it was brought up about him and his funds uh, being not, not allegated to uh, kids in youth programs since the new arena came in 1995 or 1996. Well, that, that is here and there, but it is what it is. Put that aside. The guy is uh, doing the best for he can as a league and and, and as a member of the ownership. So, um, I I believe honestly, I honestly believe that 2011 wouldn't happen without a guy like him as your owner. And and strike me dead if you want for saying that, but it's kind of the truth, you know. He spends so. money. I, I, one thing I don't get the I, what he did to the uh, the youth of Boston and keeping that money that's a scumbag thing to do but he spends money every year on this team that's what i don't get people are always like oh he's cheap and i don't get where that comes from like he's the guy who brought Daniel Chara here he's the guy who spent up to the cap every time like i don't get it what, to be did, fair with the something? whole with the whole money thing like how many times have your other halves asked you to take the trash out and you go yeah i'll do it in a minute and then you forget <laughs> like is there not a chance that he could have gone, yeah, we're going to build this thing, blah, 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 and then it just gets passed up? Right. And you forget about it. And then you like 20 years down the line, you go, oh, yeah, I forgot to do that. <laughs> like, that must happen to multi-millionaires as well as just, like, uh, minimum wage scumbags like us. 
Well, yeah. by me. I don't, I don't know what you two are on. But, yeah. No. <laughs> I'm a paycheck to paycheck guy, so. Exactly. All right, when you, when you talk about the Hall of Fame and you think about Jeremy Jacobs and his, and his role in, in, the, uh, in the Fabled Hall, um, and he's a builder, and I understand that, but I really, really, really want, and just for the, the sake of hockey and, and, and the, the, the diverse community, excuse me for rambling there, um, I really would like to see uh, Willie O'Ree get his call sooner or later. I know the guy didn't win a Stanley Cup, and I know he only played a handful of NHL games, but what this guy did for um, players of color from all around the world um, has been nothing but uh, top-notch, and, and he continues to go all over North America to to promote the game to players that of, of, um, of color. So I'd like to see him. I, I know there's a, there's a huge... Uh, outpouring for Rick Middleton and so on. And Rick got his points in Boston. He did a great job, and, and but he has no cop. So, I mean. So I asked my dad about that, and I've asked other players about the whole Middleton thing. Yeah. They all think he should be there. I mean, it's, to play with him. it's definitely a valid point. You know what I mean? I, I mean, even if even if Middleton was picked for next year, that, that's great. But I I, I – I really want to see. No, I'm just saying. I'm. I'm just saying. I asked right. that question. Right. I was. I was curious. And so many former players tell me the guy should be there. Yeah, I mean, he was a hard nosed player. The guy just dug in hard and did what he had to do, and and more or less the quiet type too, you know. But oh, um, I think that's it for t- for today. I mean, we got a lot of topics in 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 an hour, so I I think we should call it a show and. Uh, Look forward to getting back together next week. Hopefully, hopefully we could take this game on Wednesday, Thursday against Anaheim, Thursday against LA, and Saturday against the San Jose Sharks. And and hopefully, I'd like to see four out of six points. Um, I'm gonna, I'm going to go one and three on my predictions this week, but I'd like to see the uh, I'd like to see four out of six. Uh, two and two. Oh, there's only three games. Oh, I, I thought you said one and three. Oh, oh three. shoot. I'm sorry. One I and two. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, right. I'm going to go two and one. I'm going to be optimistic. There you go. I'm going to, after falling flat on my face last week, I'm, uh, I'm going to stick with the optimism, even though it was hard to watch. Really was hard to watch. Oh, whatever, hard to watch. So what are you doing? I'm going to go with the exact same as Rob. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, I'm, I'm winning the hockey pool. That's all I can do, right? Well, I'm tied. I had a bad week this week. Though. Yeah, I Austin. did too. Well, Austin Matthews being out. I'm yeah, I know. I know, right? <laughs> Rob- I was like, everybody's like, oh, he's out. I'm like, oh, it kind of hurts me. Yeah, but he's still listed day to day, so I didn't take him out of the lineup. Um. All right. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Please go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and uh, uh, some kind words or some bad words. We'd love to hear them either way. You can also hear us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud.com, Stitcher Radio, Player.fm, and any anywhere you can get a podcast available on your uh, on your phone or your PC. We definitely appreciate the support. Uh, 
We had no... And to be honest, I, I don't want to be acting like I was, you know, being rude to those people. We can get things wrong all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, trust me, we are not perfect. So seriously, going forward, email the black and gold, you're wrong. Just put the title, you're wrong, and then we will talk about it next week. Yeah, and you can get that email address at the end of the show when the nice lady tells us where you can contact us. Um, uh, thank you, Court, for uh, for rushing back from your from your time and uh always a pleasure rob uh we'll definitely get together next week and hopefully we have uh, a little better things to talk about a nice couple days rest before they they get back to playing out on the west coast so um again thank you very much everybody we appreciate the listens um and take care hey everybody welcome back for my weekly bruins prospect update for the week of november 5th to the november 12th 2017 starting off in the american hockey league with the baby bees the providence bruins played two games last week starting on sunday november 5th at the duncan providence rhode island zane mcintyre got the uh, nod in net after traveling from a recall from boston to get in some game action, and he gave up all six goals in a 6 to nothing shutout to the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Second game of the week came on Saturday, November 11th, with a 4-3 overtime loss to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, who only needed 20 seconds into the extra frame to seal the victory. Baby B's goals were from Ryan Fitzgerald, assisted by Matt Grizzlick, Colby Cave, assisted by Akalatse and Bleed, and in the third period, Fitzgerald scores a second and third of the year. Uh, next game for the Baby Bees is next Friday night against Hershey and again against Hershey on su- Sunday afternoon. Heading down to the East Coast Hockey League with the Atlanta Gladiators, goaltender Dan Vladar appeared in back-to-back games last week, starting off on Friday, November 10th against the South Carolina Stingrays, where he gave up two goals but finished strong, helping the Glads to a 3-2 overtime win. The 2015 third-round pick of the NHL Bruins was back on Saturday, November 11th against the same Stingrays team, giving up only one to finish the game with another overtime victory, winning 2-1. With the two wins over the weekend, he... Vladaris extends his his pro career high of winning four games in a row in the East Coast Hockey League. Heading to the Ontario Hockey League with the Oshawa Generals, 2017 second round pick Jack Sunika is currently on a four-game pointless streak and doesn't have a goal in his last 11 games. The center and his Gens team play the Ottawa 67s tonight and hope to get a better update during next week's show of his efforts in the OHL this evening. Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, St. John Sea Dogs, per Kevin Chambers and Craig Eagles, who both write about the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the 2017 six-round pick Cedric Pare. Last action was on the 3rd of November, where he was believed to have gotten a minor injury that's held him out for the last four games. We hope uh, Cedric gets back to action as soon, and he was because he was playing very well before he got this injury. Heading out to the Western Hockey League, the Brandon Wheat Kings, Boston Bruins 2017 7th round defensive selection Daniel Bukak uh, has been out of action since the start of the 2017-18 season and is still recovering from off-season surgery. The 6'5", 207-pound blue liner has been skating during non-team practices per Brandon's son beat writer Perry Bergson 
and seems to be anxious for a return from his Twitter activity. Heading in the NCAA direction, Trent Frederick of the Wisconsin, uh, University of Wisconsin, uh, the former 2016 first-round selection, is uh, riding a career-high four games without a single point and no goals in his last five games. In 13 games played, Trent has five goals, five assists, ten points, and looks to snap his offensive struggles with back-to-back games starting this Friday night against Michigan and again on Saturday. Minnesota Gophers' Ryan Lindgren played in two games over the weekend but only got on the score sheet on Saturday night where he scored his second goal of the season for the Gophers. In 12 games this year, the sophomore has four points, but with his shutdown defensive style, he's playing well regardless. Harvard University's Ryan Donato. Ryan played in two games last week, scoring a goal against Colgate on Friday night and added an assist Saturday night against Cornell. Donato now has a point in every game this season and is three, four, three goals, four assists, seven points in five appearances. And that is my prospect update for the week of November 5th to the 12th, 2017. Have a great week and see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at blackandgold277, at Court Lalonde, and at Rob40Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.